take control of your distractions and drop the overwhelm with ease. <sighs> this is Don't Rush Me. Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. Raise your hand if you have a to-do list. Just anywhere in your vicinity, on your phone, next to your desk. If you've got a to-do list, raise your hand. Now keep your hand up if there's more than five things on that list. Now keep it up if there's more than 10 things on that list. My hand's still up. I probably, there are things that I should have on this list that I don't even have on the list that I know that I need to do. Basically, we all have to-do lists and they are never ending, right? There is never finishing what is on that list because once you get something done, there's always something that will fill its spot. My guest today, Marie Du, is a professional organizer who's turned into a productivity professional. And she helps women to take control of their distractions and drop the overwhelm with ease. And you know that I'm all about the ease. So I cannot wait for you to listen into our conversation, especially listen in for Marie Thu's pillow test. And you will know it when you hear it. But it was a very good light bulb moment for me. Marie Thu Parikh is also known as the stress squasher. <laughs> As a productivity coach, speaker, and founder of Life is Organized, she has taught thousands of women business owners simple ways to wake up with a plan, take control of their distractions, and drop the overwhelm with ease. Mridhu is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Accomplish It, and host of the Productivity on Purpose podcast. Her techniques for mastering tasks and habits have been featured in the Huffington Post, Forbes, U.S. News, World Report, and Real Simple, as well as her own column in the Tennessee M. Amazing. When she's not wrangling a list or schedule, you can usually find this former professional organizer turned productivity pro with her two teens and one husband in Nashville enjoying a Malbec. Beautiful. Turmeric is a member of the ginger family. Historically, it's been used as textile dyes and as an aromatic stimulant and internally as an anti-inflammatory agent. Fun fact, turmeric is what gives mustard its intense color. Historically, turmeric has been used for its natural healing properties for at least 4,500 years. Around 500 BC, turmeric emerged as an important part of Ayurvedic medicine, which is an ancient Indian practice for natural healing that's still practiced today. And, hmm, maybe the topic of a future history lesson. According to Britannica, in parts of Asia, turmeric water is applied as a cosmetic to lend a golden glow to the complexion. It's sometimes used in tea or in pill form to aid arthritis and intestinal problems. It's even said to help manage pain and headaches in high doses. 
It's a powerful antioxidant and can protect healthy cells, especially those found in the colon, from cancer-causing agents. This is according to PBS. Also according to PBS, and I quote, Unlike over-the-counter drugs, turmeric has no toxic effects on the body. Thanks, PBS. Spiritually, even today, turmeric is revered in certain cultures. The Hindu religion sees turmeric as sacred, and turmeric is even involved in some wedding day traditions in Hindu communities. Side note, one of my absolute favorite hot beverages is uh, turmeric milk, golden milk. It's also called, I might butcher the pronunciation of this, but it's Kali Dud. It's turmeric and ginger and cinnamon and maybe nutmeg and a little tiny crack of black pepper and I put honey or maple syrup in it. It's so delicious and so warming. I hope you enjoyed that history lesson on turmeric. Now here's my interview with my guest, Mrithu Parikh of Life is Organized. Mrithu, welcome to the podcast. Maria, I'm so excited to be here. You know, we met and we just chatted and chatted and chatted. And so I'm so excited to, I to continue that. Yeah. It was so serendipitous because um, I attended an event that Mrithu was hosting, I guess, years and years ago. And you've always kind of stuck in my brain. And then we met again, of course, at an International Women's Day event, which was a really great event and just reconnected. I love it. I love the power of connection and uh, women supporting women. So yes, yes. let's Let's do it. Yes. Well, please tell the listeners, you know, who you are, who you serve, and how it is that you got to doing what you do today. Yeah, sure. I am, first off, a mom of two, two teens, two teen boys, and I am a productivity coach, which is my title outside of the home. I'm a productivity coach for women business owners. So I help you master focus, simplify systems, and build solid routines, both in your business and at home. And the reason or the way I get to do that is because I started my business, Life is Organized, as a professional home organizer. So I take that background. Of, I love all the, the organizing things. But honestly, when I was doing that, Maria, I think I was telling you that my, me, myself personally, I was really struggling with my focus and priorities. The more things were growing, kids are growing older and the business is growing. And you're, you know, as a business owner, you're doing, you're getting involved in more and more marketing and more and more things. And so I just went down this personal development path to learn more about productivity and time management and how to really get focused and how to get the right things done and how to feel really good and feel less overwhelmed. And I wish I could say it was overnight or in a couple of months. It took about 18 months or so. But as I started embracing and trying things and failing at some and then retweaking them and figuring out my own systems, I truly saw my own life transform. Like I just... Things felt easier, less overwhelming. Um, I felt better, more motivated, more inspired. And so long story short, at the end of that, I thought, you know what? This this is where I think I, where I know I can serve other women best, right? Other business owners who are going through the same struggles, growing family and businesses at the same time, and really helping them simplify and get con back control of their time and their life and their energy again. That's so good. So what, what I mean, I know you said it was an 18 month journey, but what was the thing where that you realized, oh, this is this is not working for me? Or was it a mixture of things? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the biggest lessons for me was busyness does not equal productivity. And as business owners, we can get super consumed in busyness. And I say that with a caveat because I'll always be busy. You'll always be busy, right? That's what we get into this because we love the challenge and we have drive and ambition. So it's not like I'm never going to be busy, but there's a difference between 
productive busyness and, you know, other tasks that aren't really moving the, the needle forward or the business forward, whether that's in my business or personally, because there's no shortage of tasks, right? We have, we all have 101 or 1001 things in our to-do list. So there's never a shortage, shortage of tasks. It's like, which ones do you prioritize and how do you make the space for that? So there was the number one change for me was that, like figuring that out, understanding it, understanding what works with me and um, yeah, and then taking that and then just like building off that momentum. Really quick, I wanted to take a break and ask you a quick question. If you were to do a body scan right now, like close your eyes and feel into each part of your body, is there any part of your body that's feeling stuck, tense, stressed, because as you know, your body holds on to emotions. Well, what if I told you you could build awareness and learn how to connect to your body in a way that helps you to process those emotions and those events that may be stuck in your body through movement and through music. I want to tell you about a program called Vibe and Embodiment, which is a program that does just that. In episode 102 of the podcast, you can hear more about mindful movement and the facts in reducing stress and where Vibe and Embodiment originated from founder Samantha Schmuck. But if you're interested, there are details and a discounted sign-up link in the show notes. That is an affiliate link, which Sam was kind enough to give to me, but honestly, I'd be telling you about it even without the affiliate link. Because as we all know, the body feels at first, the body holds on to things. And if there's something out of the box that will allow you to move those stuck emotions out of your body, I want you to know about it. And it's so hard as entrepreneurs because like you said, there's always the marketing things and ideas and it's just like, ooh, I've got to run with this. And then it just adds one more thing to the list and then the list is never ending. I saw a meme on or a quote um, on Instagram the other day that was something like, I'm actually always busy. I just make time yeah. for, you know, yeah, right? Like if someone asks, asks you, can you get together? You know, I'm always actually busy. It's just that I make time for what's important. <laughs> Exactly. Right. And that's what I meant. I'm like, we're always busy. So I want to always caveat that and say, it's not like I'm not busy anymore, but I'm busy doing most of the right things. Yeah. 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 So how do you, the hardest part is figuring out where to start, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what is your, do you have a go-to framework or, or, you know, I'm sure many women listening now, they have a thousand things on their to-do list. I, you know, we all do. So where do you start when you have such a long to-do list? Yeah. Well, I do have a framework and I'm only going to touch on that for like 20 seconds, but I'll tell you the, the question that I asked to really get started. But yeah, to me, there's sort of the five pillars, if you will, of, of really getting, being more productive, getting more organized, feeling better about you know what you're doing, where you're putting your time and energy. So the first is being really clear on your goals and vision. What do I really want? Why am I doing this? What is the end goal? You know, we start there. And the second thing, is starting to plan these out on your schedules, on your calendars. So you actually are more deliberate and intentional about where you're spending your time based on those goals. The third is having systems and processes in place. Because you know, like all of us, if we don't have, we can have the best of intentions, we can put it on the calendar, but if there's no system around it, it's going to fall apart in, in a day, right? Or two weeks or whatever, really short. The fourth is delegating and building a team. So it's a team at home and your team at work. We got them all and we got to learn how to delegate and, you know, create the space for us to do our best work. And then the fifth one is boundaries and communication. So again, you can do all the four first four, but if you can't put boundaries around it and really 
set expectations, it's all going to fall apart. So that's kind of the framework that I work through with my clients because it's like a, like a jigsaw puzzle. You got to put all those little pieces of the puzzle together to really make it all work. Yeah. But given all that, there's one place I'd start. Um, when I was, like I mentioned, I was studying all this. I was studying productivity and time management and I did what anyone would do who's studying. It's like taking classes and reading books and the trainings. And are you familiar with that Eisenhower matrix? It's like urgent, non-urgent. Yes. important. Yes. Yeah. yes. And that was always like the go-to, the go-to thing. And, and, and really till this day, I think it's the most effective. It's super, it really helps you prioritize. If anyone's not familiar with it, you're basically like plotting all the things you have to do based on their urgency and need and necessity. Great. So when I first started like teaching, that's what I used to teach because that's what I learned. But over time, I realized, again, being practical, no one is doing that. I mean, are you and I really going to sit down and be like, let me make my matrix today and take all my hundred things and go put it on my, you know, so it doesn't work. So the, I've come up with this question that to me always gives me the exact same answers as that whole matrix, but in a much more simplified way. So this is where I would start. This is where I want to start. What, and I'll say three to five, and I can explain that further, but what three to five things will make me feel most accomplished when my head hits the pillow tonight? That's mm -hmm. it. What's, what three to five things makes me feel the most accomplished? And what's really important in there is to understand the word, well, two words, three to five, very small, not, not 10, not 20, not 30, and feel. So for me, you know, again, everything I was reading was about productivity is more about efficiency and doing more in less time. But for me, productivity is a feeling. And it's the feeling you get when you do the things you want to do, right? Like when, when you feel really good about, about what you have accomplished. So if we just start focusing and thinking, okay, what would make me feel really great today? You're going to get to that same matrix. So an example would be like, I really know that it would make me feel really good if I exercise. I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. But when, I, when my head hits the pillow tonight, that's the thing. If I don't do it, I'm going to be so annoyed, right? And I'm going to not feel great for the next day. But if my head hits the pillow tonight, and I'm like, all right, even if I didn't get anything else done, but I did exercise, I feel so good about that. And so that's kind of how it goes. And typically we know because it's those things we always procrastinate, the things we don't want to do, right? Yeah. And and the head hitting the pillow too, I just, it yes. just has this connotation because that's when we all, okay, here's what I didn't do today. Here's yes. Tomorrow. Here's, you know, I can't forget to do that and do this. And so the feeling of your head, that is so perfect because the whole Eisenhower matrix, I mean, it's like everything's important, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything's important. And yeah. so I, I, I really love that because I mean, I can feel, almost feel it in my body, like the feeling when your head hits the pillow, what makes me feel, oh, okay, yeah, I did it today. I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And like builds your self-integrity, you know, builds your, your self worth yourself value because you stick to the things that were most important to you that you say you want to do all the time. And that's typically the things that take the back seat. So we start prioritizing those. But if you ask that question and you truly, truthfully answer it, then it will help guide your day. You know, and that's, it's a great starting point. It's a great place to start. That is a really great place to start. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, as you were speaking through your framework, I thought it was really interesting, too, in terms of like a calendaring system and calendaring things, because I feel like we have a tendency to calendar things like this, appointments with other people, mm -hmm. appointments for our kids or whatever. But in terms of actually carving out time, that's not necessarily involving another person. It's just time that you are going to spend a certain way. 
that's really interesting too because we might not think to do that because it's this fluid you know time can be so fluid and you know i'll i'm today i'm working on client projects but it's right. not it, 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 it's you know oh and then i'll you know get up and fold the laundry for a minute and then i'll you know exactly. get up and <laughs> make lunch and whatever so i really like that too in terms of carving out time that way yeah yeah because how many times like You'll have something, let's say you have a deliverable or something to a client or a customer or prospect, anything due on a Friday, right? You have to get to them Friday. And a lot of times we'll put that on our calendar, like send that proposal out or send that out on Friday. But where's the time on Monday to brainstorm and outline it? And where's the time on Tuesday to maybe write the rough draft? And where's the time on Wednesday to maybe send it to a team member and get their feedback? And then where's the time Thursday to finalize it so that you're sending it out on Friday without stress, without overwhelm, knowing it's your highest quality, you know, and you're not rushed through it. And you're not worried about typos. You're not worried about, did I forget something, you know, because we've actually carved out that time during the week. And that's what's typically mess missing. It's the time to get the work done. You know, not the meetings, like you said, not the appointments, yeah. not the doctor's appointments, not the hair appointments, not all that picking up our kids. It's the time to get the work done. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, I wanted to talk about one more thing in your framework, which was delegation, mm -hmm. because I think there's so much to talk about about delegation, because I think I think that women have a hard time asking for help. Yes. Number one. Um, do you do you find that a lot when you work with clients? A hundred percent. And I'll be honest, I'm learning this myself all the time. Every time I think I'm at the point where I'm like, I really have delegated everything I can. There's something else that I identify or something new, or I'm just like, wait, what? Why, why would I, why wouldn't I give that out? You know, it feels like it's, it's my ownership. Um, I can just it do it. Is, I can just do it really quickly. And yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a practice skill and it is, it's really hard, right? We're perfectionists. We, uh, people please a lot, but also I do think there's a whole kind of just societal norm and historical, just the way we've been brought up of women do it, right? We do it all. They're the matriarchs. We take care of everything at home. We take care of everything at work. We'd like take care of our spouses, you know, all the things. Um, you know, till this day, I now have teens. When I go to parent, the parent teacher things or the room mom, it's always the room moms. There still are no room dads, right? At least in my school, you know? And so there's a lot of pressure on us to do everything. And it makes it really hard to say no. So I don't always want to teach my clients just to say no. It's like, I'm not teaching you to say no, but I'm teaching you to say yes to the right things. Mm -hmm. So let's not even practice. It's not about no, 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 no. But where I say yes to is this where I can, does it light me up? Can I pour in my full energy? Is this actually a, a mutually beneficial relationship? Because so many times we say yes, and then we're short on energy and we're scattered. And we know, and then you're like kicking yourself and you're feeling bad later. Cause like, I know I could have done a better job or, you know, something like that, or I'm really stressed out. And now it's showing up in other ways. Maybe I did a good job there, but I was really obnoxious to my kids <laughs> or like, I wouldn't have any patience with them or whatever. So it's really, how do we say yes in a deliberate, in a deliberate way? And it goes back to that head hitting the pillow moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Did I, did oh, I, I said that I, I, I committed to this. Should I really have committed to this? How am I going to fit this into right. my schedule? You know, yeah, that's yeah. a really great check-in point. Yeah. And um, say one, one quick thing. Yeah. I was just on a training yesterday and someone asked something similar about this and said my favorite six words when it comes to, you know, when you're being asked for another commitment or responsibility or request, demand. And on the spot, you know what happens to a lot of us on the spot, we just, we don't have, a, we can't think of the words to say no, right? It's like, 
it's a lot better when it's an email because you have time to sit there and think. But when someone asks you, you're just like, oh, yes, okay, you know, I'd love to. And, um, so the six, your six words that should be your best friend is, let me check my calendar. Wait, that's not, wait, maybe I said it for, yesterday I said it for, that's, let me check my calendar. Is that five or six? Yeah, yes. let me check my calendar, right? Let me check my calendar and get back to you. And that's it. And that's a great way to not say yes, not say no, but then have the time to go back and just like be intentional and think it through and then make a decision that's really good for you. But never answer, just say, let me check my calendar and get back to you. That's really, really good. I am going to save that one. <laughs> um, the other question I have about delegation is, and I imagine other people have the same thing, you know, there's this thought of, well, if I have to pay someone to do it, to do mm -hmm. fill in the blank, whether mm -hmm. it's at home or or in your business, you know, if the money is quote unquote not there or you're worried, you're worried about the financial impact of delegation. Can you mm -hmm. speak a little bit about overcoming that hurdle? Yeah, for sure. Gosh, that's another one that's tough for everybody. <sighs> but starting small is your best friend, right? Just starting small. Let me start five hours a week, 10 hours a week. It is amazing how quickly that time gets filled up, right? For any of us who have assistants or just other people on the team, that five and 10 hours can go really quick. and But it just builds up your own confidence that, wow, I do have a lot to give off now or take off rather. And now I have five or 10 hours back in my week that I can put towards getting more clients to make more money or having more uh, better marketing or better sales funnels or getting out to networking meetings and creating relationships, right? All that time that's taken off of you is invested back into your business and your life. So I, I think that if we can switch the story we tell ourselves about spending money versus investing money, mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit easier to swallow, but start small. I think that's the best way. I don't, yeah, don't, you don't need to jump into someone 40 hours a week when you're starting. That's just yep. too scary. Yeah. And I think too, you know, we forget about our homes and mm -hmm. is there something you can delegate at home to yep. someone, to an older child, you know, a, a, some kind of a chore to an older child or. Um, you know, a housekeeper can go a long way too. Yeah. I just got off the phone with a client <laughs> and she was talking about, um, she's, she's a business owner. She's amazing, but she's has two young kids. She's a single mom, you know, doing all the things and she's spending four hours a day driving her kids back and forth from activities. So she recently hired childcare to do it. It's worked out really great. So we worked on that together. She got it. Awesome. But she is concerned. She's like, I won't always need that all the time. Their schedules are changing. I don't always need somebody. So if I let go of her, I won't have her when I need her. But when I need her, you know, I need her. And like, I can't, you know, so do I, do I spend the money? Same thing. How do I, how do I justify mm -hmm. that? And I was like, well, what if on the downtimes, she was helping you with like more like a personal assistant, throwing the laundry in, getting, doing your errands, going get the birthday stuff, like going to Target, you know, oh, chopping up stuff for dinner. And now, and then it just, her eyes like literally got wide. Like she was like, oh my gosh, I could get help for like that. I'm like, well, I don't know if she's the right one, maybe, but it's worth the conversation. If not her, there is somebody exists for that who can drive your kids and personally assist you. And like that, she was like, oh yeah, that would totally be worth the investment then, you know? Um, and so sometimes it's just being also creative yes. about how we can utilize those dollars and that investment but always bring it back to what's stressing me out. What do I, mm. how do I feel, right? What makes me overwhelmed? Do you walk in and you're like, oh my God, I have to do dinner. This is so overwhelming. Or the dishes are in the sink. It's so overwhelming. Or, you know, I have to mail out all of these things for my marketing campaign and I have to sit here and, and data input. Like, does that, you know, what is, 
come back to those things that stress you out or you hate doing your procrastinating. And, you know, how can you creatively maybe fill that gap? I literally said to my husband maybe two weeks ago, I said, one day, and you know how this is, you have two boys. One day, yes. I want someone to come first thing in the morning and do all the dishes. And at the end of the day, do all the dishes because yep. I can sit and do dishes all day long after feeding yep. two boys and the rest of us, you know, it's just, yep. you know, doing an assessment of what stresses you out and what you don't want to do, I think is so, so good. A hundred percent. Yes. Well, is there any other big block that you see consistently or that maybe you had on your journey when you were, you know, learning all of this and implementing all of this? What was your biggest obstacle to overcome? I think one of the biggest things is procrastination. And again, I feel like this really feeds into self-defeat, self-sabotaging thoughts, mm -hmm. um, impacting self-confidence, self-esteem. And a lot of women I speak to think they're the only ones. They're like, they're the self-proclaimed procrastinators. They're like, I'm the worst. No one procrastinates like I do. I do the other. And I'm like, listen, everybody procrastinates. Steve Jobs, when he was there, or you know, Elon Musk or anybody, you know, they all procrastinate. Everybody procrastinates. Everyone procrastinates on the stuff they don't want to do. It's not you, right? It's just a natural human behavior. So A, stop that like nonsense and saying that you're the, you know, feel like you're the worst and you're the one. That's just not helping anything. But let's instead address, you know, how you can move forward on some of those things. A couple of them we've talked about here. Well, one is delegate as much as you can, the stuff you don't want to do. But there's still the giant list of things that, you know, you need to do. Um, so Again, I'll say break that down into little, small, little, tiny baby steps. So if it's for me, the recent one, which now it's just over in time was taxes, <laughs> like just having to deal with it. It's like, okay, how can I break that down to five little projects? Is it just getting my receipts together is one. Okay. Is it just like inputting my expenses is another day? Is it just, you know, and what's a little baby step that I can take? Um, also, there's that this saying in the book about eat your frogs first, like just doing that hardest thing first. Mm. Reason this is so effective is because if you do it first thing in the morning, whether it's working out or whether it's those taxes or returning that email that's been sitting in your inbox for three weeks and it just takes brain power to think about it. If you do that first, kind of first thing in the morning, you're refreshed. Maybe you had coffee, good night's sleep, some breakfast, right? You, your energy will be highest. And if you get that done, then everything after that is just gravy, right? Everything's easier. Everything's easier. And then you, again, and then that's one of those things that when your head hits the pillow, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I finally did that thing and got rid of it. So doing it first helps a lot. Breaking it down helps a lot. Um, and and then the last thing I'll say about that is also put just put a timer on it. Like sometimes I'm like, the I'll do a 20-minute timer, 25-minute timer, of anything I'm procrastinating, I won't do a second more. And I'm just like, it's not gonna be 20 minutes in one second even, it's gonna be 20 minutes. But in that 20 minutes, if I'm totally focused, it's amazing how much you can get through. And since you know it's only 20 minutes psychologically, this keeps you more likely to do it, A, to get over the hump and the procrastination and more likely to stick with it. Mm -hmm. So those are the timers are not just for kids. They're great anti-procrastination tools to help you just you know, move on something. So something they don't want to do. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's just 20 minutes. I can do that. I'm an adult. I can do 20 minutes. That's yes. right. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's just these little like things, these reminders for ourselves that we're not the worst. We can do it. Everybody does it. But how do we help ourselves get out of that? Yes. Oh, that's so good. I mean, procrastination, it's like you're in my brain. Other thing I sound about this is very specific, but there there are these trademark deadlines that you have a six-month window to file something. 
to be super general. And I have found, you know, I will wait mm-hmm. six months and I will think about that thing every single day yes. during those six months. And the amount of brain power it takes up to think about that, I could have done it in a day, you know? Yeah. And so so these exercises that you talk about are so helpful. I mean, that 20 minute timer. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can I can I can sit still and focus on this one thing for 20 minutes. That's yeah, that's that I can do. Yeah. And that's it. And then you left. You're like, all right, I'm done. That's great. And and yeah. sometimes, as we know, the 20 minutes turns into 45 minutes because you're actually like into it. And now you can do it yes. more. Um, but often it's just 20 minutes and that's good enough because 20 minutes is better than no minutes. And a lot of 20 minutes add up to a lot of time. Yep. Yep. Oh, that is so good. You are such a wealth of information. Thank you. I could talk about this all day. I know we could keep talking. So um, yes. yes, anytime. Well, well, tell us um, how we can work with you, where we can follow along with you. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, you can find out most about me on my website, lifeisorganized.com. You can find me on Instagram, Life is Organized, Facebook, Life is Organized, and on LinkedIn under my name, Ridhu Parikh, which I'm sure you'll have to see the show notes to see that. Um, <laughs> but if you want to get your hands on more just simple resources, simple techniques and tips on how to take control of your time, how to feel less overwhelmed, like stop procrastinating, how to get focused, um, I invite you to come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. And you can find a few or pick your choose, pick and choose from there. And um, come on over and join me there. And um, the way I work with my clients is typically one-on-one coaching. And we kind of walk, work through that framework we talked about. But ultimately, and it's so customized. It's so personalized to each woman and her circumstances and her dynamics and her business and her life that it's um, it's just a really fun, exciting journey to go from wherever you are now to just being like, I'm in control. I have a routine. I have a structure. I know I have a plan every day when I wake up. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for being here, Marithu. Thank you so much for having me.